Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 4th and 16th, 1921, Part 2, pages 302 through 304. March 16th, 1921, Part 2. The National Democrats brought him here to set him up against Bishop Bandursky, and me, of course. Actually, Bishop Bandursky is a great admirer and follower of Pilsudski. His views are more democratic and progressive. He supported the efforts of Pilsudski and his aides, as well as the rural organization Rebirth, that opposed the index. The members of Rebirth used his name in their campaign among the common folk in order to get their support. Consequently, the index brought in His Excellency the Archbishop to bolster up their own political efforts. They wanted to make use of the Episcopal purple and the Archbishop's name and authority to gain credibility among the people and to offset Bishop Bandursky. The clever index leaders manipulated the old man, feeding him their own ideas, which he repeated. Then they would spread these views among the people, as if they had come from the Archbishop, in the form of interviews or responses. Mr. Jan Obst published such an interview in Postpolita to turn the people against the Lithuanians, Belarusians, and Jews. He then repeated it in Gwos Vilenski. This caused a general furor and a great deal of polemics in the newspapers that did not quiet down for a long time. The index shamelessly used the old man for their own purpose. They took him to the workers' meetings, that is, the Workers' League, founded by the Jesuits, and Father Olshansky's Christian unions, and also to the children's homes to make speeches. Or they would gather the country folk together from various places and bring the old man in to bless them and to enlighten them about proper political convictions. In the hands of the index, the honorable old man was turned into a common political agitator. It was very sad and also detrimental to the church. I got the brunt of it as well. The old man, speaking somewhere near a church in the street or at a meeting hall to a group of old ladies or some ordinary people, would publicly rebuke me and the other priests on various matters. In other words, he sometimes directed his campaign against me. I found out that he had turned some of the more prominent people, even General Mogzetsky, against me. Unable to calm down, he went around everywhere, even to the editorial offices of the political news, Polish newspapers and headquarters of the various organizations, speaking as he had been directed by the index. Everywhere he spoke out against Lithuanians, Belarusians, Jews, and Masons, nor did he overlook me. He created a good deal of trouble for me and for some of the other priests. He conducted a campaign on behalf of the National Democrats. When he was here during the first Polish occupation, he came out against me in public and also attacked some of the other priests with various rebukes and other nonsense. The fact is that wishing to honor him as a martyr, I invited the archbishop with a group of priests to my house. He used this opportunity to blast out at us like a gramophone, accusing us of all kinds of things he had heard against me and some other priests. Naturally, one has to forgive the old man everything. 
The real fault lies with those who exploited his old age for their own unscrupulous ends. Still, the old man himself was something of a troublemaker and had some ill will to boot, especially a fanatical hatred of Lithuanians, Belarusians, Jews, Russians, and other people. His presence here in Vilnius did a great deal of harm to the church. He again stirred up discontent and animosity among the local factions when the situation was already fraught with tension. He did not sow love, peace, or tranquility, but rather turned out to be an agitator and a troublemaker. I have heard that the Lithuanians are getting ready to collect the facts and send a complaint to Rome about Archbishop Renjevetsky's activities here. Blessed George wrote that the National Democratic Party had brought the Archbishop to Vilnius to go against Bishop Bandurski, the chaplain to the Polish army and a supporter of Pilsudski. He had a different point of view about how to govern Vilnius and the surrounding regions. The Archbishop and his position was being exploited by the political party to gain favor with the people. He was fed ideas which he then repeated. It was unconscionable to exploit an elderly person like that for a political party's ends. Blessed George was said to see the exploitation was sad to see the exploitation of the elderly bishop. It was not good for the reputation of the church either. It didn't lead to unity but to division. And Blessed George, along with uh, some other priests, were criticized by the Archbishop publicly. The Archbishop then influenced the Polish army general against George. Blessed George, in the incident I had mentioned in an earlier podcast, had invited the Archbishop to his residence to honor him because of all that he had suffered on behalf of the church. He called him practically a martyr. The Archbishop didn't graciously receive the honor but instead used it as an opportunity to publicly humiliate Blessed George before the priests. Many of them perceived the unfairness of what the Archbishop was saying about Blessed George. Blessed George, of course, forgave him and blamed the political party which had exploited him. But he said that the Archbishop was not entirely free from blame. The sad thing was the harm uh, that was wrought on the church in Vilnius because of his presence. The evil one always tries to sow division. That's why priests should not be involved in uh, partisan party politics, but in um, preaching the gospel of Christ to everyone. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.